Hawk Talk is brought to you in part by the Monmouth Medical Center and RWJ Barnabas Health Facility and a recognized leader in patient safety and clinical quality. For more information about services close to you, visit rwjbh.org slash Monmouth. Let's be healthy together. You're listening to Hawk Talk, the official podcast of Monmouth University Athletics. And here are your hosts, Greg Viscomi and Gary Kowal. Gary, we're back. Episode 47. Closing in on 50. It's really exciting. And I have to find a big 50th guest. I haven't done it yet. But we'll have somebody good. Where's that going to put us? Like the middle of April? Early to mid-April? Yeah, I mean... Three more. Should be able to do one in the next three weeks. Like we don't have anything crazy, crazy. We have giving days tomorrow. We can talk. We're going to talk about that after our guest, though. So. We will talk about that. I'm surprised you want to talk about that after the guest. <laughs> do you, maybe giving days would be the guest. We just talk about giving days all the time. No, I can't. I do that's that. what we might be doing. I can't do that because we have a really, really fun guest today. Um, but before, I do want to say that we just surpassed six thousand downloads. That's pretty awesome. Shout out Coach Boggus. Coach Boggus crushing it. I think she's maybe second or third all time now. Eddie, Trey Dombrowski, and I think uh, Coach Boggus. So I got to check that out. But anyway, if you did not listen to, to that episode, you should definitely go back on Spotify, Apple Music, all the places that you uh, get your, your digest your uh, podcast uh, content. But today's guest, coming off an awesome Awesome CA win. And if you were not here at Kessler Stadium last weekend, you did not see it. Um, from our women's across program, uh, graduate student, midfielder, Mary Kate George. Welcome. Hi. Uh, now, so like around here, everybody calls you MK. Yes. It's kind of like Spider-Man, MJ, Mary Kate, MK. But um, do you like, do you want, for the for the purposes of this interview... Do you want MK or Mary Kate? For the purposes of this interview, let's go MK. Okay, we're going MK. What about in your like professional life? So MK is really a sports nickname for me, and mm-hmm. I feel like it's almost like when I go sports mode, I go MK. Gotcha. And so Mary Kate, I would say, would be a more professional name for me. Okay. A more real person name. So <laughs> adult person, <laughs> the name. real world. Yeah. Uh, I love MK. I think it's great. The name. Thank you. Um, but we will, we will go MK today, but if you see Mary Kate out there, or if you're going to hire her, uh, please call her Mary Kate, not MK, but we're going to call her MK here. Cause this is a sports show where we cover many other things, not just sports, but, um, thank you for joining us. Uh, I guess let's just jump right into last weekend. Elon CAA opener. How important was it for you guys as a team to come out and prove that you belong in this league? I don't want to put too much weight on the result of that game, but I think it was important more for ourselves like than proving it to anyone else of how great we are because we hadn't had that win that really makes you believe in, in it and that evidence that we needed to be like, yeah, we say we're great, we say we're ready for the CAA, and just getting that end result of a W was like kind of like a pat on the back. Like, yeah, we said it, and then we did it. Okay. That – Admittedly, and I will throw this out there, um, 
and expose myself. Uh, I was working our baseball game, and I uh, keep tabs on all the other games while I'm out there. And I looked at it, it was like 7-2, to two, and I was like, oh, boy. Like, that's a tough afternoon. And then um, I was doing my thing. I was paying attention to baseball and doing my job. And then uh, our athletic director, Jeff, Jeff Stapleton, came over after the lacrosse game, or in between lacrosse games, I guess, and was like, oh, that was, that was a great comeback win. I was like, what are you talking about, Jeff? It was 7-2. to two. And he was like, no, it was 11-10. to 10. Um, Was there a conversation at some point when you guys were down a handful of goals there, like, you know, hey, let's step it up? Or was it kind of an organic, like, we just got to play better? We definitely have the step it up conversation, but we're more of like a team that focuses on like love and the positive. So like when things don't go our way, um, I heard Lily Ivanovich yell out, like do something for someone else, like just when we were down five. And I heard that. And that I think was the energy that carried us through was doing something for someone else. Like no one trying to be the hero. You can't go and score all five goals at goals at once to catch up like it was doing little things for each other and like staying together because we so we have seen a lot of other teams fall apart when they're down and when we see that we kind of like capitalize on that and jump on that and feed off that so when we're down like that we just keep bringing the love like keep bringing the energy and like eventually slowly things started to go our way I think that's kind of like one of the coolest things about the game of lacrosse I guess it's really any game but you can score very quickly. Mm-hmm. And if you get the draw or the face off in the men's side, you can come back. And so five goals, like, yeah, it seems like a lot, but it's not insurmountable. And and you guys just chipped and then you took the lead and then they tied it and then they took the lead. So then I'm, I had to go see um, a couple donors that were in the stands and, and uh, I was talking to them with like five minutes left and, it was a back at that point. It was like a back and forth game, and then we went with like three forty or something. Went up with the go ahead, and like the energy in the stadium was just really, really cool. Like people were like, like juiced for it. Like almost more than I've seen. Yeah, there's been some games in, in years past, like Fairfield and, and like Canisius when we finally got over the hump and, and spanked them a couple times in a row. Um, but the energy in the stadium was really awesome. Uh, what was it like in the locker room, like afterwards, after coming from being down, coming from behind, getting that, getting the first CAA win? Like that's history. Like that's the first CAA win in, in women's across history. After our games, um, Jordan always gives a game ball to someone who really like shined or stood out at a special moment, and she gave the ball to the whole team, and I think that was so like spot on and accurate. And the energy after the game was everyone just so excited, complimenting, throwing things out there like "Live when you scored your eight meter," like Cassidy when you got that draw, and like everyone just talking about different things, and like it really showed that it was a full team win, and it did come from everyone, like even from the bench, like. Cool. So, so now you guys got Delaware next week, next week. Um, I've been around this program a long time, a team that we've played a lot. When we first started playing them, like in the NEC days, it was, uh, you know, I don't want to say lopsided, but it was lopsided at times. Uh, now we're in a conference with them. Like the expectations are that this is a conference mate. Like, even though they're good and they're going to be one of the best teams we play, like, got to go out there and win and kind of what's been practice like it's it's wednesday we're recording this on a wednesday you guys play on a saturday so you have two more days of practice probably not a heavy practice friday uh what's kind of been like the mantra like just i'm sure it's one game at a time but yeah so we're in the period right now where we're shifting from having two games a week to now with conference play only having one game a week so it's been nice to have more time to focus on ourselves in the front half of the week so monday was a 
at, we call it an FU Monday. Um, and then <laughs> um, Tuesday was fully stick work. And then today we had a, a scrimmage, which was really fun and like good energy, really fast paced, like really put a lot of mileage on the legs midweek. And then the rest of the week will transition into focusing on Delaware. Um, but it's been nice to have that time now to focus on ourselves, which we really didn't have when we were playing two games a week. Yeah, I can see that. That, that is a transition that you don't think about from the outside, right? The the grind, two games a week, non-conference play, playing opponents. I mean, I guess we're new to the CA, so we're playing a lot of opponents we haven't seen before, but playing opponents that you don't normally play um, in the non-conference, transitioning to like, okay, now we, we buckle down, right? This is the most important part of our season. Um, what is that adjustment like for you as far as, balancing your week is it more is practice more intensive because we're not playing a game in the middle of the week yeah practice is definitely more intense but I feel like the focus hasn't changed at all because all along like we were focused it's just what we were focused on so when we were had more games a week we were more focused on other teams but now it's focusing on things that have been recurrent that we haven't made a change on that we have that extra time to make that change so I think every team kind of takes on a, a personality or like, I don't say personality, but like characteristics. If you were an, if you were an opposing team and you're scouting the Hawks, what would you say like the, the, the identity of the team is like hardworking, just kind of grinders. Like it, it, one thing I'm pretty impressed about, which doesn't always happen in lacrosse in general is that, there's a bunch of people who can score goals. Like you can't just like shut down Caroline because then somebody else is going to step up. I mean, Cassidy's awesome. We had her on the show before. Like she's just such a good lacrosse player overall. What is the character? What's the identity of this Mammoth Hawks team? I would say our identity is definitely all about being gritty and also all seven. Any seven is what you're speaking about with how anyone can score. Um, what about so so you're a midfielder? Have you been a midfielder your entire career? Yes. Yeah, so I've always played midfield, and then the first half of this year, I made like a big transition to defense because we play a zone defense, and I play the rover, so I'm running all around picking up cutters. So it proved to be a little bit challenging to try to also then run over and play offense. <laughs> so I made the transition to defense, but then in the game on Saturday, you saw me back on the midfield. Yeah. Um, because we made the transition back into our man defense, and it was pretty, it was pretty killer. So I was able to then go and run over onto the. So you're really, end. I mean, you're really paying two positions then, depending on what defense coach calls. Yes, because you're either just a straight defender, like you're stopping at the restraining line, or you're playing full 120 yards, yeah, 120 yards uh, of midfield. What, what do you prefer? Like if it, if it was totally up to, I know you're gonna say like the 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 PC thing and say like, I just do, you know, whatever coach needs me to do. But if you actually could prefer, do you like playing midfield or do you like just playing like a backline defender? I know you told me not to give the PC answer, but I'm going to say I prefer winning. So whatever we got to do, you know? No, I get that. Totally. That's the right answer. That is the right answer. <laughs> That's the right answer. Um, Your path to, to Mammoth is uh, a unique one, right? Uh, you grew up locally. Um, what what drew you primarily back to, to the shore area? Um, yeah, so when I was coming home to play lacrosse at Monmouth, I feel like for me it was a lot about coming home, and I really didn't have very much confidence in myself at that time um, to even know if I was going to make an impact on the lacrosse team, if I was going to be wanted. I remember talking to my coach at Ohio State and saying, like, 
my next up plans for after I graduated there. And she, and I said, um, I mean, I'd play lacrosse at Monmouth if they'd have me, you know? And she said, they'll have you. Like, I just was in (laughs) such a state of like, not really like knowing like who I was anymore as a lacrosse player. Um, so in every way, Monmouth has been like such a way that I found like a new love for lacrosse and, it's been a really positive experience for me that's almost like hard to put into words. And I knew it was going to come up in here and I knew I should think about it before, <laughs> but it's still really hard for me to put into words. How, how awesome, I'm sorry, Gary. No, how awesome is it to come home and have like your entire family be able to come and support you at a game? Um, yeah, it's, it's really like, it's just like beautiful, honestly, because I do come from a really big family and in this area and we're all very close. Like I was talking to my dad before this, just about like my family in Monmouth and my mom got her teaching certificate at Monmouth. My brothers both got their masters. My one brother got getting his PhD. My aunts and uncles got their masters here. So like my family loves Monmouth. So like the feeling of my grandma went here also. So the feeling of just change the name of the school to like George university. (laughs) No, but just like, I know that I make them proud and like that makes me proud of myself. Cause like, yeah. What, what are your tailgates? Like, do you just have a bazillion of your family members at our home games? Um, on Saturday I had grandma, brother, aunt, aunt, cousin, mom, dad. So that was pretty Pretty good. Pretty cool. That's pretty good. Um, I saw you absolutely eviscerate somebody on the sideline. Um, I thought that was pretty awesome uh, on Saturday. But then, uh, like, you scooped up a ground ball running, and I think the girl might have gotten a card, just ran through you when, like, time was running out. Like, I was like, whoa. And then, like, I, I, like, look around to see, like, because then you usually see, like, the dads get up, and they're all mad. Like, (laughs) I'm not saying your dad did this, but, like, I've seen dads get up, but, like, they're going to run down there and, like, fight a 20-year-old woman. Um, never but that, my dad, never. No, my dad. no, I'm not saying no, no, no. I, I, you, it was your parents did not do anything. I don't even know what they look like, but, uh, but you know, I, I just think about how I think, uh, without putting words in your mouth, like you've, you've had two totally different experiences. I mean, you go to a giant university in Ohio state, um, which you had family go to, mm-hmm. um, uh, have a different playing experience there. And now you come home to a small, that's, you know, Ohio, which is how many hours away. And then you come home and you're playing in front of family. You're starting on a pretty good team and you're a key component of that team. Um, Do you think you're a better lacrosse player now because of going away and being at a Big Ten school? Um, Like, is there stuff that you kind of like grew up or, or matured through that, had you come back, I'm sure there's girls in the team that look up to you, you know, just based on the fact that you were at Ohio State. I wouldn't change anything about my experience, honestly, because I feel so fortunate to have been coached by all the people that I've been coached by and have learned so much. And also, um, in my time at Ohio State, like, I met some of my best friends that I know will be my family for life. So I can't ever, like, look back and think I would want to change it. And I just know that everything I experienced there, like, made me a better person, lacrosse player, like made me more empathetic and understanding of like different experiences also. And I think it was important for me, especially as this person with such a big family in this area to leave this area for some time and like see what it was like in other places and meet people with different experiences. So I definitely wouldn't change anything about my path. 
moving forward in, into this season, I'm, I'm, I'm a little curious about the, um, you know, we just talked about your first win in the CA, and that's a monument, that's a huge win. Um, but the competition week in, week out is obviously at a really high level in this in this league. Um, has that been discussed at all? I know it's a one-game-at-a-time mentality, but now that we're, we're into CAA play, is it like, hey, every game is going to be really, really, you know, high level? Yeah, that, we've definitely had the conversations about little things that we used to maybe get away with more that we just can't. It's not an option. Like, for an example, last year we had a ridiculously high clearing percentage. Like, it was never even a conversation. Our defenders just ran up the ball and it went over the line. And then now with these higher-level teams, you're seeing how much they, like, press and ride and how much harder our defenders have to work to get the ball up the midfield. So, like, that's just a small example of the way that you see almost – our game change as the level rises because we are talented enough and we have like amazing coaches that can help us change, I guess, and like grow for the experience. But yeah, that's been a huge focus is every detail and having no areas of drop off in our game. Which makes sense, right? I mean, that's, that's so, why we talk about the league being better. <laughs> that's the microcosm. Of yeah. That. It's yeah. everything. In fact, like you can clear, clear, you know, you can get clears way easier when the team's not pressing you or is less athletic or less speed or sometimes it, sometimes it's even stuff you don't realize. I was just talking to somebody who's close to the men's game, um, and they were talking about, you know, obviously playing Villanova or whatever, and just just saying that how much more physical when you play a Princeton, a, a Villanova, a Delaware, than it was when they played. You know, even though they were good games and we lost, we lost some of them against like Marist and you know whoever Sienna. Like they just, they're just saying like the athletes are bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. Stuff that might have worked against opponents in the MAC is not working anymore uh, against a, a higher level. So I mean, it's kind of, I don't know. Like I would think it's kind of fun to play against, and it gets you, you know, more prepared. I mean, the best part about it is, is you're more prepared when you're going to play. Like you guys play a really competitive schedule, like Georgetown and Rutgers and. Um, the idea I think there is you play those teams to, to prove that you, you can play in the field with them. But then also when you go and play Delaware, Towson or Elon, you're like, okay, like we've played some, some absolute studs here. Like we'll be okay. Like we, we can play on this field. Um, do you, do you have so far, is there, do you have a favorite game like that you've played in since your, your time at Monmouth? I would say Saturday, a hundred percent sun shining, um, come from behind victory, Everyone has a part in it. Everyone's scoring goals or getting ground balls or getting draws. Like everyone on the field was making a positive impact. And also just the way we stayed together. I'm, And that was actually, I think, our only one goal win that I've had in the time that I've been here. We had a one goal loss that haunts my nightmare still last year. <laughs> but we hadn't had any one goal wins yet. So that was really definitely that's, Especially up, like that's that. up there for me. Not even like a, you're up by four and you give up three straight and then you win by one. Like you guys tied the game and then came down to one. Uh, so a little bit about, about the team in general, you know, you have a freshman in net behind you. Uh, how much, how much are you as, and not just yourself, but the other defenders also, how much are you teaching her? How much are you trying? You know, it's all communication in the back end, right? Like she's got to be constantly, uh, communicating with you guys. Like what's it like to play with Gia and, and, how much are you helping her as a freshman? Something that we talk about is how on in the lacrosse game, 
the attackers get to bring it in, I guess in any sports game. The attackers bring it in after they score. The defenders bring it in after they get scored on. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty hard in terms of, like, what I want to do, especially with a freshman, is always be instilling confidence in you and that, like, we've got your back and, like, we believe in you, like, to any goalie, but especially a freshman. So it's tough when we bring it in those huddles after we just had a goal scored on us to be like, you got this, kid. But I feel like part of that (laughs) is, like, relationship building outside of the field and less in those in-game moments because, like, because of the time that – that I've put in in that relationship and, like, the connection I do feel that we have. Like, she knows from just, like, me, like, touching on the helmet that, like, I believe in you, you're going to get the next one, and, like, all those little things that it can get, like, redundant to say since Mm -hmm. every time we bring it in, the ball just right around. Right, right, There's only so much you could say, right? Yeah, but I think it's about the connection, like, off the field, in the locker room, and the small moments so that she knows, like, without a doubt. Yeah, I got your back. Greg touched on a little bit your, your time at Ohio State, and you're obviously a veteran player. Um, and then we talk about a freshman in goal and, and obviously some younger players contributing. Um, what kind of role do you try to take on um, as a leadership uh, part of this team? I mean, you've you've had so much experience in the game of lacrosse at two different schools, um, and you have players coming in who are in their first year of college, which presents a lot of challenges on and off the field. Have you tried to take on a little bit of a leadership role, in it, and how have you gone about that? Yes. So I am um, captain. So I was elected by my teammates and my coaches, which I feel like just shows like that I can like bridge that gap, even though I haven't been here all, all along. Like I know from that, that was almost just like evidence for me of what I already felt was that like people do want to hear what I have to say and they do want my feedback and they do want my like advice. Um, so I feel like I just tried to like always connect on the level of like, I've been there, I get it. And um, sometimes that can be tiresome on the other side, as I know because I've been there and I get it, you know. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I feel like in being around lacrosse for so long, there's, like, so much that I've seen and, like, so many things that I want to communicate. But it can be hard in terms of, like, timing and, like, when people are ready to hear. But, um, yeah, I never never stop talking or texting or giving (laughs) feedback. Like, it's, it's constant for me, the, like, role of, like, encouraging, teaching, you know, others. Growing up, what other sports did you play besides lacrosse? Um, I ran cross country and track in high school, winter track. Um, So that definitely taught me more about why it's fun to play a sport with a ball than <laughs> learning more from other sports with balls. Yeah, it's not, um, it's not for everybody, right? <laughs> yeah. And I know the... Um, a popular shirt that I think cross country and track kids wear um, is like our, our our sport is your sports punishment or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, So I always find that to be kind of funny. So that's it, huh? Growing up, just, just track and lacrosse. When was the first time did you pick up a lacrosse stick? I picked up a lacrosse stick in fourth grade. I played rec in Manasquan. Oh, we didn't have rec in shore yet, but now I coach shore youth lacrosse. Yeah, but we didn't even really have that until I was in seventh grade. Um, but yeah, uh, we uh, the Matthews mm-hmm. are involved with shore, shore lacrosse and Erica. Yep, and Erica. Yeah, I'm um, going there after this. I just going over there. Erica. Yeah, tell Erica I said hello, I please. Will. I will. Uh, tell her that she got a shout out on the podcast, so she has to download it and listen to I'll it. I'll tell her that too. I'm sure, she probably <laughs> would anyway. Um, yeah, she does. She's awesome. Uh, of uh, of course, we're talking about uh, Erica Kaufman, uh, now Erica Delia, but uh, she does many of our games on television, um, and she does a great job. Alum, um, 
couple weeks ago they had uh, some of the the first cha- I think it was the first championship team back and they were in the locker room and they kind of talked to you guys. What did you guys take away from that? Like it, there was a video flowing around about it. it was, I thought it was pretty cool to, to listen to you know people who are you know I don't want to date anyone but 15 20 years removed from the game. What what did you guys kind of take out of that? First of all, I would like to say that I was of course sobbing during that because if you know <laughs> me, I'm quick to to tears. But I think the biggest takeaway from that is, again, the relationships that you build and have because they, yes, those were championships teams and they were the best that they were the best. But what they remember more is like the hugs and like the people. And like, I think that that just speaks for itself. Okay. It's great to have all the alums coming back. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't, um, I I didn't know that, but might have been on a lacrosse Instagram story. IG story. So we have a long lineage of successful women's across here. We really do. We really do. Been around for some of it, but it's definitely been a uh, been a good run. We've had some 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 championship teams. I was lucky enough to be um, around some of those when I was younger, but um, definitely some talented teams that have come through here. And hopefully this year is uh, um, you know another one of those talented groups because off to a one and zero start. That's uh, as good as you can ask for. Yeah, at this point. Uh, we were when we were kind of talking about interviewing people. Uh, we we're kicking around some different names and ideas, and uh, we were told that we had to talk about uh, lifeguarding and lifeguard. Uh, I guess their competitions is really what it is, and it's like an entire George family affair. Yes. So um, this sounds crazy to people that don't know what it is, but basically, mm-hmm. um, all the beaches in like Monmouth County do a lot of competing throughout the summer with each other. So you'll see like the Long Branch lifeguards and the Manasquan lifeguards and the seven presidents lifeguards having races of like swimming, boating, kayaking, running, paddleboarding. Um, and it's basically just about like staying in shape and keeping it fun, but also doing your job as good as you can in terms of like being fit and ready to save lives. But at the end of the summer, all the teams from Monmouth County come together and represent Monmouth County at the national lifeguard tournament which this year was in California in um, Hermosa Beach. And I went with my dad and my uncle and my cousin Abigail. And um, I rode in the boat with my dad in the men's and women's. Um, they have an event where it's a co-ed mm-hmm. race. And me and my dad rode together. And it was it was pretty cool. That, seem, that seems pretty cool. How did you get involved in that? Has it always been in your family? Um, yeah, so lifeguarding has always been in my family, and then anything where you can add in working out and competitive, like you'll find a member of my family probably. <laughs> um, anything that doesn't seem like it should be competitive, we can find a way, definitely. Um, but, yeah, so through the fam. Uh, what is your favorite event of all those things? Oh, I do the beach flags, too, which is really fun. Okay, beach flags, think musical chairs um, in the sand with like little pieces of hose. So you lay on your stomach and you sprint and go dive for a flag and it's like it's gritty, it's sandy, it's fast, it's competitive and it's like... Exhausting. It's really, yeah, and it's really fun because they always make a big deal out of the finals. They do it under the lights in like a beach pit and people all walking down the boardwalk and Hermosa are coming to watch and you're in the finals like in your little lifeguard bathing suit and beanie and it's like kind of hilarious but also (laughs) really awesome. (laughs) So that's your favorite event? Uh, Yeah, but the boat is pretty cool too. And doing that with my dad was really special. And um, the boat is like really like you never know what's going to happen because 
like waves. Waves are breaking. Yeah. yeah. So um, me and my dad in the boat race were like, we'd been doing a lot of training with my uncle and my cousin Abigail were also rowing together and we'd been doing so much training with them. They've been kicking our butt all summer, but then it comes down to the first race and we got it in the final race and we get in the boat first. So we got through the waves first and other people didn't get through the waves. So then we had the big lead, but we got second. But still, it's fun because it's just like random and you don't know what's going to happen because the waves. Right. So, so for those of you who haven't seen it, it's a white, usually a white rowboat. Yeah. You sit side by side. It's like you sit facing each other. Oh, facing of. each yes, other. Yes. Okay. Then I'm, I'm wrong on that. And you do double oars. So double like collegiate oars. rowing, they have like the one oar, mm-hmm. but then the ocean, like the ocean rescue boats, there's... So, so, so my question was going to be like, who knows when the wave is going to break? Like, but if you're, somebody is facing essentially the back of the boat. Yes. So they can be like, Hey, uh, we're about to get smoked with a wave. Exactly. Yes. Is there like a code word for like, yes. Like how do you communicate that? Yes. So my dad is the, always the uh, one watching the waves and Mm -hmm. and then I'm in the, in the front, but he's watching over my head while we're coming in and, um, he'll be like yelling out calls like speed up, speed up, speed up. And cause you go faster to catch up to the wave. Mm-hmm. And then once you get on the wave, you do longer, um, whatever strokes yeah. strokes. Yeah. But when we get on a really big wave, I know to be scared when my dad's like mayor, get to the back and get to the back <laughs> means I'm sitting on the back of the boat, like basically hanging off. Cause I'm trying to like hold the front of the boat, boat down, down so it doesn't flip over. Right. Um, which in when I did it in the women's, we did flip over. Which you you, you survive. You just flip it back over, but it's a little scary. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, uh, a little bit. They're pretty big boats. <laughs> it's wild. Uh, that's awesome. So that was so that's uh, how you spend your summers. Yeah, <laughs> ideally. Uh, at what point did you get into that? Like, how old do you have to be for that? It's so funny to describe it to people that don't know what it is because I know it seems like silly, but it starts with junior lifeguards literally when mm-hmm. you're five. So yeah. that's when I got in it. Um, but there's no boats for the little kids. Right. Um, but I was really into like the paddle boards. Um, so like racing on the paddle boards and again, beach flags. Um, but yeah. So when I was five. That, that's uh, that's crazy. Borderline crazy. That's crazy. It is. No, crazy. that's crazy. Uh, so no, I always see it. Like obviously you see it at the beach, but like I also see like, you know, Professor Harmon always puts his stuff throw about the, big, there, yeah. the, the big mm-hmm. Seagirt racing or whatever sure. he does. Yeah. Uh, gra- you're graduating with your graduate degree soon? Yeah, I have an, another year of school. A whole year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's because... So what it's is a, your... It's like a three-year program. Right. That's what I was going to say. It's not just because you didn't do your work. It's because <laughs> it's a longer than normal program. Exactly. Uh, so what will you get your degree in when you're done? So I'll have my master's in mental health counseling. So I'll be a licensed associate counselor. So you might catch me working as like a mental health counselor in a school or like an inpatient or outpatient facility. Um, but yeah, TBD on that. Do you like the, like the sports aspect of mental health counseling or is it really more just like what people traditionally think of mental health counseling? I think the sports aspect of mental health counseling is I think the field needs improvement. So I don't feel like certainly like drawn towards it just because it is really hard to provide those resources in like an athletic setting without them overlapping in a way that can get a little bit uncomfortable, if that makes sense. Like everyone on the same team shouldn't be seeing the same Mm -hmm. person to talk about their problems um, or not problems. But yeah, so that for me, it like makes me feel like 
eh about it. Um, but I do really like college kids and this age. So then I feel like I might end up back in it in some way. Gotcha. Makes sense. When did you decide that was a path you wanted to go down? Yeah. So, um, I really decided everything in a really rushed senior fall where I randomly decided to graduate early and that I was going to go to grad school and that I wanted to help people. And how do I do that? And where can I go to grad school? And then I found the program at Monmouth and I was like, that's, that's what I want to do. So it just hit you at once. Yeah. It, it was kind of like a pretty stressful, like three months. Sure. And then everything <laughs> worked out really well. So when, um, <laughs> when you were, um, leaving Ohio state, where else did you think about going to school or was it just kind of like, I want to go to Monmouth. I want to go home. Um, I did really want to go to Monmouth and I wanted to go home. But once I didn't expect, as I said, like I was in a place with like low confidence. Like I didn't know that when I went in the transfer portal, people were going to text me and reach out to me. It was like so shocking because I just was like so not high on myself. So once I started like having other options, I like looked into them. Um, and yeah, I was but I had really specific factors. So like I wanted a program like this one at Monmouth and like nowhere compares to the combination of what I found here. Good. We feel the same way. Yeah. Happy to have you. <laughs> so, uh, we usually like kind of wrap up the, the end of the interview with just some like fun. Oh, this whole interview has been fun. So I, I, I can't use fun anymore. I gotta find another adjective. For yeah. It. Almost yeah, non it takes away from the fun of the interview. Yeah. The whole interview is fun, but non sports related stuff. Thank you. Um, you made it fun. Uh, so here's a good one that we always kind of talk about. What's um, what's one movie that you have to stop and watch when you're like flipping on the TV and it just it's like on? Is there one thing that you're like, oh, I gotta watch the rest of this? The Water Boy. Nice. <laughs> That's a That's good my one. guy. It's yeah. like always on too. Do you feel like it's it's on a lot? <laughs> Gary loves Adam Sandler more Love than like anything Adam in the world. Sandler, my favorite actor. He's the best. Yeah, he's awesome. How do you not watch it when Adam Sandler's on a movie? How do you not watch it? I'm not a big Even the bad ones are good. I'm not a big Mr. Even Deeds the bad guy. Ones are Even good. the bad ones are good, man. Little Nicky. Little Nicky's wonderful. Crazy. They're just okay. Chuck and Larry. It's this, no, Anger that's management. a little bit different. Anger Management is actually the only movie I've ever almost walked out of. Oh, it's Happy awful. Gilmore. Happy Gilmore's a great movie. Billy Madison's a great movie. Anger Management's a bad movie. Anger Management's an excellent movie. <laughs> Crazy. Jack Nicholson, dude. I love Jack Nicholson, and I like I like Billy Madison, and I like um, Adam Sandler. I haven't seen any of his serious stuff though. Like I haven't seen um, Uncut Gems. Is Uncut wonderful. Gems, and didn't he do? Was he in Hustle? Mm-hmm. I didn't really, see he's that. Really, either. really good. Wait, you gotta watch Uncut Gems. You're like a everybody said. I know. So well, Hustle's a basketball movie too. It's great to see him step out of like as much as you love the Water Boy. Like he's like <laughs> just goofy and like whatever, but he's actually a really good actor. He's really good in Uncut Gems. Uh, what about You Be Halloween? You Be Halloween. Watch it every year. <laughs> One of my favorites. Yeah, have you seen that Netflix movie, Who Be Hall- You Be Halloween? No. It's completely that. outlandish. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it makes absolutely no sense. No, my kids love it, and I like it. But it's Adam Sandler, so you might like it. Oh, uh, good. That's, that's the best answer we've gotten in a while. It's a really good one. What do you got, Gary? I don't, how do I follow up Adam Sandler? you got to find something. Um, There's no holidays. We usually ask a good holiday question, true. but I don't have a good holiday. No, um, but this is a, yeah, we don't have a lot of holidays coming up. No. Um. I'll just stick generic then. What uh, what what um, what are you listening to pregame? What kind of music do you get into before a game? Before a game, I listen to music that at any other time I would probably consider to be like noise. But I love like some like rap music, like Migos, really fires me up. I would say. But, but like, so you're the- not listening to that like in the car? No, definitely not. 
Depending on my mood. So the only time you listen to like <laughs> hip hop is right before a game. And on Saturday night. What do you okay? Fair Post enough. game. What uh what are you normally listening to? I really like Phoebe Bridgers and Taylor Swift and Did you get Taylor Swift tickets? I did not. I did not even try. Mm. Um apparently that was a lot of people. Well, no, I think a lot of people tried, but a lot of people, lot of people did people not tried. get them. Yes. It was more chaotic than Springsteen tickets somehow. Yeah. Fiasco. So those two? Yeah, I'm gonna stick with those two. Okay. All right. Well, you have class to go to. I'm actually Yo, coaching. Not today. coaching yes. Yesterday you had class. Yesterday I, had class. I dropped the ball and uh, checked my phone at like 3.20. and was like, where's MK? Like, she's supposed to, I know she's not going to be late. And then sitting in the like scent bar of my phone was. Like the part where you type. The part where you type said, hey, how does 3 p.m. sound? Question mark. So uh, I blew that one. So thank you very much for taking the next day uh, to, to come in and see us and spend some time with us. And um, good luck against Delaware this weekend. Thank you. Pretty excited about that. Uh, we love the Georges and that they are an institution here at the Monmouth University. Uh, it, the Monmouth the University. The Monmouth University. Nice. Uh, you, next shot to see MK at home is April 1st. It is a doubleheader uh, with the men. The women are going at 2.30. It originally was 2, but it will be 2.30. Uh, we have a huge family fun day that day. You should come down here. There's like touch a truck and uh, a whole bunch of other fun stuff going on. And uh, the Hawks will also be taking care of business all day long. Um, so MK, thank you very much for spending some time. Go, go teach the young ladies of shore girls lacrosse. Uh, that's kind of fun too. Yeah, it is really fun. Thank you guys. This has been awesome. Good luck this weekend. And Gary and I will be back to break down some other stuff. Edison Heating and Cooling provides full HVAC services to businesses and residents in Central Jersey. Be sure to visit EdisonHVAC.com to schedule your repair or installation today. I promise Greg will have a live read coming up. Um, my One of my favorite parts of the show is when Greg makes funny jokes about the temperature. Um, and why you should call Edison HVAC. I'm about to have Greg call Edison HVAC for his office because I'm sitting in here. And uh, about to melt. So yeah. maybe we need to call the HVAC with the emphasis on the AC and maybe get some of the AC going. Well, it's I almost just, April, Greg. I just turned the AC on a little bit. Um, MK was in here and she looked like she was sweating. I feel bad. It's very hot. It's she very had hot. a flannel on and was like half taking it off. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know if our HVAC is working, so maybe we should call Edison HVAC. If you're going to call anybody, call them. Edison HVAC. Uh, you're correct in that one. Tita Green is New Jersey's finest indoor golf training center and recreational facility, now open in West Long Branch. The 12,000 square foot facility consists of eight TrackMan golf simulators, huge short game area for putting, chipping, and pitching, lounges, a pro shop, and custom fitting room. We also do club repairs, regriffing, and have regular on-site fittings with all of the top manufacturers. We are located at 185 Route 36 in the Monmouth Park Corporate Center in the same building as the Monmouth University Graduate Center. Visit us online at t2green.com. That's T-E-E, the number two, green.com. And follow us on Instagram at t2greengolfnj. Discounts are available for the Monmouth University community. 
great facility. Like it over there. New sponsor. Hmm? Uh, new sponsor. Great group of guys that, that own get, that facility. Get all golf season here. All big time golfers. Um, the facility is awesome. It's the nicest I've ever been to, and it's not even close. Uh, big leather couches in there, TVs on. So while it's not your turn, you can watch whatever. You know, they had March Madness on there a couple of weeks ago or a week ago, I guess, when I was over there. Um, golf usually on. There's usually golf on as well as you you'd admit, yeah, as you, you'd expect. Which is good for me. Great for you. You Maybe you move your office over there. Well, actually, you'll find a humor in this. Um, for the audience that, that does not aware, um, I'm, a, I'm a big golf fan, professional golf. And usually maybe I'll flip it on during a Thursday or Friday in the office just to have it on in the background while I'm, of course, getting all my work done. Um, and Greg likes to uh, make jokes about it. Well, today we had a Wednesday start on the PGA Tour, early start. And I had two different people come in my office and say, how are you watching golf? It's only Wednesday. But I found a way because when you start early, you got to watch the tournament. I mean, it's ridiculous, all the, all the golf. Match game. play. we got match play this week. Match play. Anyway, TD Green, awesome spot. Go check it out. Yeah, you um, definitely got to check it out. And it's it's not. Um, we will be checking it out for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. I got. We got to get over there. I got to get back to having my clubs in the car. Um, it's about that time. Um, but you definitely check it out. They have the TrackMan sim- simulators, and if you want to go there and work on your game, then you can work on your game. If you want to go there and play games, you can play some games. Well, that's, I was going to say that's I think a cool part about it. Not to you know, I mean, I'm pitching it, but. Um, when you go to these other golf simulators, it's very golf-centric, right? It's very serious golfers who want to go play Pebble Beach and, right. and do that. And you can do that at Tita Green. 100%. But they also have a section for, like, little kids. Like, hey, here's, uh, you know, some cartoon characters, and you got to hit the ball with them or you know, hit it into this giant target or whatever. So it's for the whole family. You can you can do a whole lot of different things. Well, I was, I was talking, talking with Tom over there, and he was, ta- like, they're going to do, like, Friday nights or almost like, I don't want to call it disco golf, but kind of like that. They have leagues. Where you can go like nightly and do leagues. I think Monmouth University is talking about starting up like a, a staff league there. So uh, I think it'll be pretty cool. Um, it, and and really, the one part we didn't even mention is that our our, our golfers, our men's and women's golf team, uh, have the ability to go over there and, and play golf uh, and, and get swings in, no matter what the weather is outside. Uh, and it's just a really good partnership that that uh, I think we're, we're we're blessed to kind of get off the ground here. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, Real quick, I think, touch on, uh, I just want to give a shout-out to, um, I can't believe I'm saying this, but uh, the, the NCAA and Indiana University for their hospitality last week. It was, for the most part, awesome. They did a great job. Um, one small hiccup, we won't get into that, but everything else was really, really good. Um, just an awesome, and I talked to Coach Bogus, and she's been to NCAA tournaments with Marquette and, and previous places, and she said they're, they're stepping up the women's side of this mm-hmm. tournament so much. And we all saw on social media they, was, it was, they were shamed, and they should have been. Um, but we got there, and everything was Mark Madness and brackets and Mammoth logos on the walls, and here's this giant massive box of gear for your student-athletes, hoodies and hats and backpacks and and shorts and all kinds of stuff. And, and from my understanding, obviously we haven't been doing it so tournament um, in a while here at Monmouth, but my understanding was that wasn't commonplace uh, even a couple of years ago in the women's game. And um, to be able to play on ESPN two was another really big perk. I think they, they've worked hard to get a, a strong TV deal to go with the women's NCAA tournament. Um, but everybody treated us well. Indiana university was great hosts. Um, and it's just a great experience. Obviously, the game didn't go how we would have liked, but but the experience for our student-athletes was what you would want out of an NCAA tournament experience. When you 
you know, dream of playing in the NCAA tournament, that's what you think of. It's um, everything was was super well done, and and I uh, just have to compliment them for that. Yeah, I think in a weird way, it was a good year to to be our our first experience in a long time because they had you know we all saw the video of the weight room and all the other nonsense that went on. So it, it's nice to see them right the ship and treat these women the way that they deserve to be treated. Five games in eight days is a lot to ask anybody. Uh, obviously, you know, the girls gave it everything they had. I know there was, you know, nobody talked about this, but a couple of the girls were really sick, you know, like flu-like symptoms, and, that, and that's not easy to do, especially when you run down, you're on the road. Like, they were home literally it, for I just tell you, Monday. As somebody who was only part of the back end of it, I was at the finals, and then we had one day turnaround to fly to, to Indiana. That week in Indiana is a lot. I mean, they throw a lot at you as far as, like, obligations. You have obligations here. You have to do media here. You have, uh, you know, this is where your meal is. This is what time you're eating. This is where you're eating it. Um, and not, like, super regimented. Like, I'm not, it's not, like, you know, militant. But it's, like, you have a press conference at 2 o'clock. You better be there at 2 o'clock. Right. And you're going to go until this time. And when that's over, your locker room is open to the media. And if any media wants to come talk to your players, they have to be in the locker room until this time. And then your practice starts exactly at this time. And if you're not on the court, we're going to start the clock anyway. And, and right. you're going to lose practice time. So it's super it's super regimented and it's super um, organized. But it's a lot, right? It's, it's constantly going, 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 going. Go back, watch film, um, study hall, all those things, like a normal road trip with just a lot more on the line. So it was... Um, Really good experience, and I'm happy our, our student-athletes got to experience it. Um, let's dive into the important topic of the week, Greg. Giving days. You guys joke around that my nickname is Greggy Giving Days. It's tis the season. But I, I, there really isn't – I mean, there is. You can just write a check and give it to our, our coaches. But this is really a, a great opportunity – to pinpoint a gift that you give, tax-deductible gift, to any one of our programs. And um, I'm going to – I'm actually got an, got an email. We do these things called challenges where somebody who's usually very generous will step up and offer a large sum of money if other people step up and, and give – a lot of times it's not even about a dollar amount. A lot of times it's it's about um, how many gifts, how many gifts. So, for instance, right now, as of today, Giving Day starts tomorrow. It's uh, March 23 and 24th. Uh, by the way, big days in my in my life. Uh, my mom's birthday is the 23rd. My lovely wife's birthday is the 24th. So uh, they have to share their birthdays with Giving Days. It's a it's a hot topic. But uh, starting tomorrow and and and. Uh, on Friday, it's giving days. You can give any amount. If you give over $33, you will get a pair of socks in the mail, Mama Socks. You showed them off on Twitter. What's your, what is your Twitter account so people can go to see those socks? Uh, Gary J. Kowal. I uh, wore them to the NCAA tournament game against Tennessee Tech last week. That's right. I have Rapid. them one year later. They're a normal part of my soccer rotation. Well, and th- this year, the they are Mama-themed, but they're a little bit different. So you'll, I'm sure you'll be getting another pair. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you give a gift of $33, now you don't have to give $33. You can give $5. You can give $10. And, and I would like to throw out there for people that might be confused. If you want to give money to multiple programs, your, you your do dollar that. adds up and you still get your socks. So if you want to give. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, that's, yeah, that's why I found that out. Oh. Yeah. If you want to give $15 here, $15 here, $15 here. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't hit 33 at one point, but you hit 33 overall. And you'll still get socks. 
That's as far as I've been led to believe. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Uh, also, so there you go. Um, also, you can become an ambassador, and basically all that is is you just got to write a little social media post. It doesn't cost anything. And um, you put it up there and hopefully get, you know, we're all about trying to get some people involved. So if you know some, maybe some teammates or maybe some people you went to school with or cousins, whatever, that want to, you know, it's tax deductible. So maybe they got to clear up tax days coming up. Got to clear up a little space, little cheddar. You can go ahead and uh, and and write that off. Uh, you, you sign up. You can see that the link is all over the place. And, every, you know, I think after five people use your link to give and they can give any dollar amount, you get uh, something. I, maybe that's socks. I don't remember. Um, then ten, uh, seven people, or maybe it's like one gift, five gifts, ten gifts. But anyway, after ten gifts, you get a, uh, a really nice uh, glass, uh, mammoth, uh, like, pint glass. Um, last year, they tried to incentivize, incentivize people by giving more stuff, but just kind of less quality, I think. Um, and I think the feedback was like, hey, I don't, I don't want like a plastic wine glass that you can like crush. Uh, I, I want something nice. And they did that. And the stuff is really nice. There's like a little tote. So if you're like me and you go shopping in New Jersey where you can't get a plastic bag and you don't have to buy a new bag every every minute, um, you can just do you that. run into that a lot. Yeah, a lot. So you can get that tote bag. I think that's five people. So anyway, looking to become an ambassador, give yourself either way. But I want to go over these challenge gifts real fast. Um, there's a, a women's basketball CA champions uh, challenge. Uh, the Porskivis family, great donors, uh, great just members of this community. They love this school. Uh, Monmouth women's basketball fans, Tom, 82 grad, Debbie and Rebecca, 14 grad. Challenged Monmouth University alumni community celebrate the 2023 CA champions by making a gift to women's basketball. If 25 alumni give gifts, they will kick in an extra thousand bucks that goes right to women's basketball. That's awesome. Easy. Easy. That's so awesome. So 25 gifts. You know what? I've already decided that one of my gifts is going to be to women's basketball. Oh, I'm not an alum. You don't count as an alum. Darn it. Do I count as an alum? You do count as an alum. Not a women's basketball alum. Doesn't matter. I don't think it's just women's basketball. I think it's alumni in general. It says a women. It just says Monmouth University alumni community. Well, I'll definitely be be um, making a donation to Coach Bodies' program just based on uh, the, the experience I had with them last week. Yeah, she's awesome. All right, so that's women's basketball. So really, let's get on board with that. Then there's the softball 10K challenge. Help secure an anonymous $10,000 bonus gift to Mama's softball. An anonymous donor has committed to give $1,000 for every five gifts of any amount of softball with a maximum challenge commitment of ten grand for 50 gifts. I mean, there are 50 softball alums. I can name at least 12 of them, and I've never even worked with them softball. So if we can get that, that's huge. Uh, on your mark, get set, give swimming. That's a cute little thing by Ken Taylor, cutesy. Uh, swimming alumni, Kurt Kovach, 85. Captain Robin Hidman, U.S. Navy, 78, like that. Uh, Louis Conti, who's a dentist, DMD, 82. I know these. I know all this stuff. They uh, they are willing um, to match all contributions, men's and women's swimming, dollar for dollar, up to twelve grand. If we hit $24,000, we can get brand new starting blocks, which is really sorely needed at the Stedman Natatorium. So uh, if, you, if you're a swimming person, your money's going there. There's a uh, you can double the impact of your gift. Uh, Dr. Joseph Palazzo 03 will match the first $1,500 to men's tennis. 
We know the men's tennis team here has just been crushing it for years. Coach Callahan trying to get 200 gifts to football. Last year we had 147 gifts. If we get to 148, he's kicking in 500 bucks out of his own pocket. He's already, I know he's already going to give besides this too. This is addition to his other gifts. And if you reach 200 gifts for football, he'll kick in another 500 bucks. So, you know, I think, I think we counted it up. There's like 480 living football alums. That's not that hard to get less than half the people. And then we got a, uh, a big uh, $1,250 match which is really nice by uh, Lucille and Kevin Flynn, longtime supporters of the Blue White Club. Lucille works here on campus. Uh, they will match the first $1,250 to men's soccer. Um, that basically is a gimme. We all know that uh, Coach McCourt does a great job with, with uh, bringing up some, um, some cash there. Uh, and, whoa, this is crazy. I'm not even lying. At 3.52 p.m., it's now 3.54. I just got two more uh, – Two more giving day challenges that have come in. The Kurtz Family MDN Challenge. Mammoth Digital Network Equipment Fund was established this year by a a nice donation by Al Fong. Um, Nearly 100 annual broadcasts we put on. Everybody loves them. We do a great job. Andrew Kurtz does a great job. Uh, If there are 10 gifts of any amount given, the Kurtzes, great people, will kick in another $250 uh, as a gift from the Kurtz Family. Uh, I don't know if young Drew's actually going to put it, be one of those 10 gifts, but I hope he is. Um, but that's pretty big time. I think that's pretty awesome. And then um, this is a big one. The Troutman Family Women's across 4K Challenge. We just had MK on. We're talking women's across. She's got their first win. Uh, head coach Jordan Troutman and her family will challenge supporters to reach a goal of 100 gifts during 2023. Every 25 gifts of any amount given to women's across will unlock a $500 gift from the Troutman family that will be matched by an anonymous donor with an additional $500. Their goal is to get up to $100 or $4,000. I'm going to tell you, this is so awesome to see because Giving Day really became a priority, I would say, about three, four years ago. And every year we've done a a good job of of just getting more gifts and getting more more higher amounts of dollars. Uh, And now these challenges coming in, these, these are better than they've ever been for athletics. I can't speak for the rest of the university. I don't care about raising money for the rest of the university. I care about raising money for the 600 plus athletes we have here. And I think most of the people who who listen to to this podcast agree, at least agree with that. That's an important thing. Um, So, so these, these matching gifts are just great. I just talked for like 10 minutes straight. Uh, I'm going to grab a little drink of water. So Gary, let's talk about some of the things we've been doing for giving day. Yeah, well, if you uh, pop on to social media, you'll see our, our head coaches have all um, have all um, recorded a message to their alums, their fan base, um, their parents, and uh, the Monmouth University community why they um, could use your gifts. And some of them are, are just in general to help run their program and help enhance their program. And some of them have specific goals. I know Coach Donnelly and Swimming are looking for new starting blocks. Um, Coach Figley on field hockey are, are looking into buying a uh, – a new video system. So there's lots of, um, you know, real tangible things at the end of the, the road here that this money will go to. Um, we take a lot of pride. Obviously, Greg takes a lot of pride based on his last 10 minutes of doing a really good job on these couple days um, and raising money. We, we do this because we love this place and we love our student athletes and our coaches and we want them to have the most success possible. And the most success we can have, especially in this new league we're in is, is, by your generosity and people giving back to to the programs they played in and people donating to the programs that they follow and they watch and they know people in and et cetera, et cetera. There's so many branches to this, but um, we take a lot of pride in 
posting up some big numbers, and we will brag about it at the end of the week, um, how much we, we brought in, and we're hoping that, uh, that that's a big old number this year. Yeah, definitely. I think last year, I don't even remember the number. I, I can't even bring it up. But uh, last year we, we had surpassed, far surpassed the year before by I think like twenty seven or $40,000, something crazy like that. And, you know, just looking at these these gifts alone, if we hit these numbers on these gifts alone, uh, I really think that, that we're going to surpass it again. And um, we really appreciate all of the people who even give five bucks. It doesn't even matter. Uh, you give what you can. We understand there's a lot of things out there that are worthy of giving your money to. Uh, we just happen to, you know, we happen to feel like uh, this is one of them. So uh, that's my spiel about giving days. Um, don't want to go on any more about it. We'll, we'll be talking about some of the other great things we have coming up. Uh, we have an NLI summit next week. Uh, NIL. NIL, not NLI. That's National Letter of Intent. We couldn't come up with something different. Like, we couldn't come – name, image, and likeness and National Letter of Intent. Like, it's I've been – I'm, I'm not smart enough for that. So, anyway. Um, Gary, great job as always. Want to thank our guests, MK George, Mary Kate, if you see her out in the non-sports world. Uh, crushed it. Uh, it was, was, as, was as good – every bit as good as everybody said she'd be on the show. Um, love having different student athletes on and – uh, I don't even know where we'll go next and, and forget about number 50, but I got a good idea for number 50. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll we'll see you guys. I mean, what, what else is there to say, Gary? You got anything else for the people out there? No, I'm out. production of the Monmouth Digital Network. Hawk Talk is available on all major podcast distribution sites, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Pandora, and more. All rights reserved. Hawk Talk is brought to you in part by the Monmouth Medical Center and RWJ Barnabas Health Facility and a recognized leader in patient safety and clinical quality. For more information about services close to you, visit rwjbh.org slash Let's be healthy together.